Well, hello there. <laughs> Welcome to episode, lucky episode 13 of the Connect 2 podcast, season three. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Feeling very Jedi today. Jedi. Yeah. And the Force be with you. Exactly. Coolio. You? Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. I've learned lots of stuff in the last week. Oh, good. And uh, we've got uh, lots of stuff to talk about. And um, yeah, let's hit it. Sounds um, good. So we have coffee. What as is we this? usually have coffee. What kind of coffee do we have? I want you to try it and see if it's any good. Ooh. Because it was quite different it when tastes I... tastes a little bit like... Um, Starbucks. Burnt? <laughs> Something. Yeah, so this, uh, so I'll tell you, uh, so this is coffee from... Burnt toast. <laughs> it's actually from the place where we had the party on Saturday. Oh, Endeavor. Endeavor. So they're not only a brewery, and their beer was really quite good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. They also are a coffee roaster, and this is from Sumatra. And uh, tasty notes are earthy, nutty... Um, Cacao, nibs, brown spice, and pipe tobacco. I really can taste the pipe tobacco. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you, like, I've been doing this now for all these episodes. Um, the coffee thing? The coffee. The coffee. Yeah. These beans look really different. A, really? They're, they're lighter. So they're, I think they're over a little over-roasted. Oh. Uh, but, but they're also. Like, like on purpose? I don't know. I'm sure it's on purpose. But the, the over roasting is all. Well, the it's difference. just the more you roast, the more water you get rid of, and the more right. water you get rid of, the lighter the beans. Right. But um, and these beans were quite oily, which uh, so they looked different and they felt different. Interesting. So um, anyway, um, yeah. So Endeavor, um, it has a bit of that Starbucksian taste to it. A little bit, yeah. Not bad. I, I, I... It's give not it terrible. Seven and a half. Mm, I might go give it a six and a half. <laughs> You're a harsh critic. I am a very harsh critic. Um, and uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you're trying to find us on Spotify, it's a little difficult sometimes. Um, I just yeah, that's that, right. Uh, we're there. It's just not super obvious. Um, there are a bunch of other things called connect something, but there you go. Uh, shout out to Lisa, who is a regular listener of our podcast. Hey, Lisa. How's it going? Hello, Lisa. <laughs> oh, and shout out to a friend of mine who uh, <laughs> is in the midst of a job interview right now. So I uh, wish her all the best. Oh, cool. Who's that? A friend named Zoe. Oh, great. Yeah. Excellent. Good luck. Yep. Uh, what'd you learn this week? Oh, no, we're doing dad jokes. <laughs> dad jokes first. So here I got one. I had a, I had a great date last night. It was almost perfect. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to try a fig. <laughs> I got a longer one here. Young boy enters the barber shop, and the barber whispers to his customer, This is the dumbest kid in the world. Watch while I prove it to you. Barber puts a dollar bill in one hand and two quarters in the other. Okay. Then calls the boy over and asks, Which one do you want, son? Boys takes the Boy takes the quarters and leaves. What did I tell you? The barber said, that kid never learns. He's coming here all the time, and he always picks the quarters. Later, when the customer leaves, he sees the same young boy coming out of the ice cream parlor. Hey, son, can I ask you a question? Why do you take the quarters instead of the dollar bill? The boy licked his ice cream cone and replied, because the day I take the dollar, the game's over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Well, this isn't so much a dad joke. as It's sort of funny, but it's also... Uh... It's also a lesson in life. So uh, uh, Wayne Dyer talks about this. So there's this grandmother with her grandson at the beach. Have you ever heard this? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay. So this grandmother, and uh, it's all about your mental attitude, right? Yep, yep. So she's at the beach with her little grandson, like three years old or something. And all of a sudden, this rogue wave comes out of nowhere, hits the beach, and boom, sucks the kid out into the ocean. The kid's gone, right? And the grandmother starts to panic, right? She's freaking out. And she's calling his name. And then she starts to pray to God. Oh, please, God, please give me back my little grandson and save him. And, you know, I'll, for, I'll, 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 if you do, I'll, I'll forever be grateful. I'll send this next 
second rogue wave comes, spits the kid out onto the beach right next to her, like at her feet. You know, she looks down and she looks up. She goes, he was wearing a hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. I've got one more. God. A guy said, um, met God or talked to God and God's responding. So guy says to God, God, is it true that to you a billion dollars is like the span of a second? God said, yes. Billion dollars or billion years? Billion years. Billion years. Dollars, you said a billion dollars. A billion yeah. years. The guy says, God, is it also true that to you a billion dollars is like a penny? And God said, yes. And the guy said, God, can I have a penny? God said, just a second. <laughs> Very silly. Very silly. All right. Yeah. Next week, all religious jokes. (laughs) Exactly. I have a couple of Facebook uh, groups that that should uh, generate some good content. We will offend everyone. So what did you learn, though? I learned a few things. Um, so, um, So in Canada... When you're retiring, and we'll probably do probably do an episode specifically on this retirement stuff. Because, oh, okay. Uh, it was super interesting. Yeah. Um, basically, generally, when you're planning for retirement, um, a lot of people plan the day they're going to retire and and worry about how much money they in total have. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They don't yeah. actually think about what they're going to do or how they're going to manage it when they actually are retired yeah big problem and they talk about business owners but i presume the average worker as well well when you were doing um training and stuff and Mm -hmm. related to business owners exiting did you talk much about the what happens when they retire oh yeah that's a big uh that's the third leg of the stool well because a lot of times who will i be the day i sell my business well it's also uh they talk about the phases of retirement there's like you know, there, there's different philosophies, but one common one is this three phases. There's the go, 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 go phase. Yeah. The slow go phase and the no go phase, the no go phase. Okay. And in general, the, uh, go, go phase is the first part of your retirement, usually about 10 years, somewhere between 60 and 70 or 65 and 75. Um, and that's basically when you're retired and you're you're still reasonably healthy. Oh, and you're I see. Trying to go go and do all the things that you really want. Get that to do. bucket list taken care of. You got it. Okay. And then the slow go is like from seventy to eighty, or maybe seventy five to eighty five. All that that's kind of getting up there. It um, and that is a slow go where you're still you're just not going as quickly. You're still trying to get some of this stuff done. Yeah. But it's harder. <laughs> okay. And then the no-go is when you um, you basically are, um, yeah, it, the no-go is basically when you really aren't able to like travel or mm. do a lot of the adventure stuff that you might want to do when you first retire. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's in sh- sharp contrast to like, a lot of times you just say retirement, just the, it's just this thing in the distance. Uh, but when you start actually working out sort of details, and um, I've, I've seen a bunch of YouTube videos, and they're all very similar. They talk about CPP, uh, OAS, which is old age security. Yeah. Uh, CPP is Canada Pension Plan, as long as we still have a Canada Pension Plan, not some crazy oh, God. And... Um, and uh, be the no go, and then everything else, and making sure that you actually have enough money. Yeah, oh, so it's uh, a major stressor for me now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can I can understand why, um, but it's really interesting, and and even just understanding uh, CPP because you can collect CPP early, I think as early as sixty. Mm-hmm. But for every month, so don't. This is the second thing I learned is that for every month you take CPP early before your 65th birthday, yeah, you get deducted permanently 0.6% of your your, your entitlement. Your total, yeah. Let's see, that's okay. silly. I mean, and, I guess if you and need if, to do it. And every month you delay, you get 0.7% increase nice in your entitlement so try to take it at 70 or well so if you don't need it 
this is the question. But do take it because I don't think it's transferable. Like when you it die, is, it, it goes is away. Not, it is right? not transferable. It, yeah. it goes so, away. And so there is. So uh, you got to figure out, work with your doctor. Well, it turns out, How and this, do you think this, this affects me because as if you retire and your income changes quite dramatically, dramatically. Yeah. Uh, or drastically or dramatically. Dramatically. It's a new, new word. Yeah. Um, uh, it affects the last eight years of your contributions and your salary affect the total value of the entitlement. Mm, interesting. So uh, I've already been retired for about four years. So I may need to take my CPP before 65 just so that the total value is not decreased by my last few years oh interesting yeah because when you're self-employed like so for instance right now i am not setting the world on fire with uh, contributions uh interesting because basically not contributing anything because i'm not paying myself any salary so it's been a while yeah yeah so, so that's this is a, yeah this, this is, is an interesting thing so to this, know. Uh, and there, well I'll let alberta take it then it's not worth my <laughs> So anyway, I'd like to see them take it and blow it just so I can watch other people cry. <laughs> like, I told you. Uh, I told you it was going to be stupid. So, um, yeah, so that's one thing I learned. The other thing I learned was... Yes, I'm feeling bitter, Mark. <laughs> our theme song by Pete. I don't even know what Pete's last name is. Uh, oh, my God. We'll come back to it. Uh, it apparently was what written the during the name? pandemic. It was, yes. And um, and uh, I recently heard, well, I heard it live. You guys played it live yeah. on Saturday. Sorry, Pete. I'm having this total blank. Oh, Pietra Malta. Pietra Malta. Yes. He's got a good voice. It was good. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. And... Um, um, but, uh, interesting thing was, I, I didn't really appreciate it. You didn't know it was about the, uh, I did not yeah, know. Well, I mean, it, yeah. we only hear 10 seconds of it at the beginning right. and 10 seconds at the end. Um, we're going to talk to Pete, see if we can use a live version I recorded, see if that, uh, that might work. Um, yeah. So that should be, fun. there you go. Um, we should also have him on the podcast. I suppose. I learned, uh, what did I, I mean, again, just so busy the last couple of weeks. I've, I've, I was watching some interesting videos from some physicists and uh, I guess there was an increasing school of thought that the whole concept of space-time is doomed. Okay. Space-time, which we've kind of been living with as the guiding principle of uh, physics and Therefore, how reality works since Einstein, um, they cannot reconcile it with the Council uh, of Kang quantum <laughs> mechanics. And so now there's more and more physicists who are adapting, adopting the belief that we need to rethink it, that the model doesn't work. So once again, I just can't wait to hear, you know, the people who don't even think the earth is round be like, well, how can we count on anything? If uh, they've been telling us this all these years, and now suddenly it's not true. So it was never really true. It was a oh model. man. This, so you're talking about the TVA and the Council of Kings yeah, and, no, and, uh, no, the no. Man at the in, end of time in reality, yeah, no, I'm talking about reality. So yeah, <laughs> well, it's a form of yeah. reality, multiverse so, of men. That's true. Well, that is part of that. Is there's some theories to that? Now I just saw Michio Kaku totally reject. Who's Michio Kaku? Michio Kaku is a again a physicist, very quite quite a famous sort of personality. Think, uh, you know, he's a little bit like um, oh the guy from Tyson. What's mm -hmm. his last name? Mike Tyson. No. Man, my brain is not working today. I need some rest. Uh, the the astrophysicist who is uh, all over the place. He, he did Nova, the new series. He's African American. Yes, I know. Mustache. Uh, Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. So Michio Kaku is a not bit like Mike that. Tyson. No, he's Michio a, Kaku a, is a little a bit physicist. like that in that he's often interviewed and but he was just totally rejecting the whole uh, uh, um, simulation theory model and then a lot of people are criticizing his rejection of it saying well he's falling into that trap even though he's a brilliant physicist of extrapolating from what we can do now to the future because he was saying it's impossible to model reality 
you know, to that degree with the computing power. But people are like, well, yeah, but we don't know what computing power we might have, you know, a billion years from now if we survive. So just you can't say something is not possible based on today's technology. It's very interesting. But anyway, space time apparently not quite right. So who knows what reality is like. I love that stuff. Interesting. Keeps my mind open because I'm like, can't really be sure of anything. So, and I'm comfortable with that. I, a lot of people are not. I'm, I'm okay with it. Anything else you learned? Mm, not really. Well, I was going to talk about, uh, well, we did a, an episode a couple of weeks ago specifically about music. What kind of music? We're yes. Going we're going to talk about music today. Well, we're going to talk mu about music again, yes. but we're going to talk about it from a different perspective. Right. We're going to talk about it specifically about um, sort of, the difference in how music is consumed nowadays versus previously right. and how that's affect things like small venues, how independent artists start out. Sure. And, um, and, uh, and the death of rock and roll. Uh oh, <laughs> so I heard a really not happy. Well, it, yeah, I heard a very interesting, um, podcast, uh, and it was specifically talking about, well, it was an article that was in the New York Times, and it was specifically about a band called Maniskin, who um, you may have heard a song or two of theirs, but uh, they're really big in Europe. They're an Italian band. Okay. Uh, with a Danish name. Sure. And they won, uh, they're all aged between 20 and 24. Okay. And they play rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. Good. They play rock and roll and they, um, uh, and the thing about rock and roll is that, uh, I didn't realize that rock and roll has kind of been disappearing. Hmm. So the last rock and roll, um, uh, uh, song that, or I don't know if it's an album or song that basically hit the billboard top one, like the top of the chart. Yeah was Nickelback in the early double odds. What? Really? Yeah, it was like 2001 or 2004. Wow, what a something horrible like way for that something is, to end. That is the very <laughs> last. There have been a couple like The oh Killers and Fran Ferdinand, and they, they're kind of rock and roll acts. Yeah. And The Strokes, and they've had stuff that's What charted. about Imagine Dragons? That's kind of rock and roll. But the, but they haven't charted that. Well, and, and so they, they actually classified the songs as rock or or whatever right. and so a couple of things is that um so we talked a couple of weeks ago about sort of where you hear music but it's basically a comparison of the difference between how people of a certain age yes <laughs> and uh were introduced to music you would hear it on like linear radio or you would have all these different sources so you would hear songs coming out there'd be a new song by so-and-so but and and rock and roll kind of evolved over time, right? And you would hear all kinds of new songs, and there's there you know ACDC and whatever. Like there was the, all this this mix of stuff, mm -hmm. um, and it would come out regularly. And rock and roll was considered kind of anti-establishment, had a very set pattern associated with it. Yep. Um, but most people don't make rock and roll anymore. There's very few bands that do. Right. And, uh, the, hmm. uh, the thing about it is that, uh, this Maniskin is a rock and roll band. So they won a Eurovision. Did I say that they won a no, Eurovision? They but, won the okay. Eurovision. Um, so they were kind of a long shot. They came out and, and they're, they, they do like the Motley Crue-esque thing where, where they kind of have outrageous kind of sexually non-binary dress sometimes okay sometimes the guys kiss each other now which is a big yeah. deal in italian culture like i said ghost is probably another never heard of ghost ghost oh man total rock and roll they're well, from sweden as well but they could right? be they're, they're from sweden i right? guess so I, I guess what i'm really talking about is i mean it's not that there isn't rock and roll out there yeah it's just it's not becoming popular and and the same length that like there was always rock and roll hits that yeah. were charting and top of the pop. 
Well, so I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here and uh, sound a bit like a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I mean, it's a conspiracy, but I think it's another example of sort of the corporatism that is resulting in, as much as I love Marvel, a lot of shitty movies, like, <laughs> right? Well, because so there's a bunch of guys, YouTubers who are, let's say, rock historians, like Rick Beato is one. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about how, you know, how music has been gotten produced for the last couple decades. And I think this is what you're touching on is it's become even more than it was back in the day, a total corporate. Um, it's all about money and it's all about, it's not about art for a lot of these well, this things, is the, right? This so, is the interesting and, thing and, about the article yeah. specifically. And it was talking mm -hmm. about people who are critics right. of music. And one of the, the hallmarks of kind of like a Gen X or uh, a Gen X or even the, what's, what is it, Gen Y, the, the, was, that, the, was that one thing that defined rock and roll was the kind of the purity of it. Or, and, right. and then the punk that followed, which was basically uh, not giving in to the corporatism, sure. doing it because you believed in it, not because it was... Or you packaged an or, angry message or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that whole, so it was only good if it was true and had a heart and a vision and right. all that stuff. And a lot of that stuff has disappeared. And because when we were growing up, a lot of this music was coming out and there was this kind of push and pull between corporatist rock. Right. And, and kind of independent rock. And, right. you know, if it was, super mass produced you get like the whitney houston's and the and the celine dion's and all highly produced and um kind of very vanilla no no yeah. not that they're not great singers those are great no singers, no no but yeah but but it's but they're corporatized they're and, very corporatized yeah so and, i won and, and then and then so then the, the whole thing is that we were growing up in a time when the stuff was coming out and that was really significant a lot of the streaming because you know? we're old. Well, and you would you would get music kind of linearly. You would listen to a radio station, or sure. as stuff got released. Now people are looking at entire catalogs all at once, like right? From a streaming perspective, you've got some algorithm that is producing the music or is producing feeding you like you're not listening to just one ACDC song. You're listening to a whole collection of, um, you know, mixed up sure. songs that have, right. that, that have kind of bits and pieces. And, uh, anyway, it, uh, so, so it's, it's basically how people are consuming it is not conducive to how rock and roll, and they don't care about the corporatism anymore. This is the fundamental thing. The, the people that, and the critics, so the one part of the thing about the critics and part of the thing about Maniskin is that there's, there's been people who are quite in favor of what they're doing and they've had tons of success. Right. But the crit, some critics have been like eviscerated them because they're going like they're sellouts, they're corporatist and all that stuff. Yeah. And they don't really care. And, uh, so it's kind of like, uh, and it's because the critics are of a certain age, a certain vintage sure. and they're, they're looking for rock to be a certain way. Right. And these guys are breaking all the molds and they don't really, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it, so, so man, I, I have to immediately start to link this to sort of a, a broader theme of kind of uh, I don't know if you want to call it social decay or perhaps it's just cultural, maybe cultural decay decay is better. Cause you remember, so there's a movie back from the, I want to say the nineties with Sylvester Stallone called demolition man. Yeah. And over the years, the movie has become people will reference it go like, man, like they were so prescient. Like they had self-driving cars. Right. But there was a couple of, so it was a, it was a commentary on, on future culture. Now, was that the about, one with the Sandra Bullock in it? Yeah. Okay. And so it would be set kind of like now, right? A little further. Ahead. Maybe a little further, but not that much further. Right. And there was a couple of things. So there was only one restaurant. Everything was Taco Bell, right? <laughs> yeah. And do you remember that? They I, don't, would, I don't remember that. But they uh, would be listening to music in the car, yeah. and it was all just jingles and uh, uh, themes from old TV shows. That was that was their music, right? Totally corporatized, yeah. and 
And I think we're sort of coming to that. Like, yeah, it's interesting. I think um, I was just having a conversation with, with a, a dad yesterday at a hockey practice. And he's talking about, he owns a business. He's just talking about young people and like no imagination, no, like he's quite worried. How did he put it? He's like, the ba- like the baby boomers are going to, they're going to hand all their money down, not to our generation, but to the next generation, like to these kids. Right. And these mm. kids are going to squander it. It's all going to be other people from other parts of the world. are going to take their lunch money because they're just, there's no, there's nothing. There's no, there's no gumption. There's no, they're just like totally pablum fed. And I was like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty but, dark. Well, it is, but stuff like this, where suddenly, oh yeah, everybody just listens to this, what are we talking about, right? An algorithm that's feeding people music. And yeah. It's like, well, have you gone and found your own stuff? Like, no. Well, why would I do that? I'm just like, and I mean, the death of rock and roll yeah. might just be part of a, a broader societal, uh, it will decay is too strong a word because things change all the time. I don't want to sound like this old guy who's like, well, it used to be this way, but it's just, there seems to be a, uh, well, there's been a fundamental a sanitization sh- of, there's also been a fundamental shift in the music industry in terms of how they make money. Um, right. Where it, sure. where you hear it. Yep. And um, so like things like, uh, so streaming services is, is where it's at. I used to buy music. I used to go and buy a CD, go buy a record, go buy a whatever. And um, people don't do that. They, they subscribe That's to right. some service. A service. Exactly. And the service and you have these unlimited libraries that have everything. Right. And so that's what they talk about is that it, or one of the concepts is that when we were consuming mu- music, you would go and buy a CD and you'd listen to the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you paid money for that. That's right. And um, But now people, when they consume consume it, it is basically, it's one of, like, it's just something that's on a list. Yeah, and, right. Um, and, and that's not fundamentally going to change. But what has changed as a result of this is that bands in the uh, late 90s, um, they didn't make any money touring. They made no money touring. Oh, okay. they made all their money from sales of their CDs records. and records. Okay. Um, and then when the streaming services came in, it created a huge problem in terms of how are they going to make money? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, uh, yeah. Cause like the, the, uh, what you make per play yes, is, is minimal. Ridiculous. Well, and Especially it, if you're an independent. Well, it depends uh, which, uh, it also depends which, uh, um, streaming platform you're listening yeah, to. So right. Spotify is kind of middle of the road. I think Tidal was the the most the one that paid out the most, but nobody listens to it. So, <laughs> That's and, not working at all. Well, it was, it was developed by uh, by uh, by musicians, but yeah. So uh, and then Apple, I think, pays a bit more, but right. is not as easy to do playlists. As sure, Spotify. Spot- yeah. You know, and the whole so so people will do playlists on Spotify and share it instead of mixtapes. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just a little bit different. And and uh, but now most of the bands that the bigger bands they make money from the tours. Oh, not, not absolutely from, not from the streaming. Right, and the streaming, uh, although the streaming for the, the really popular bands does well, but the touring is super critical. The problem that at least this article in the New York times is talking about is there's mm. been a huge death in small venues. So right. That's what be, you're saying. Yeah. If you were an independent artist um, and just starting out, you'd go and play little gigs. Yep. Right. And then you'd get heard and then more and more people would hear you. And this is how you got your message. Now you basically sit in your basement, recorded tape and hope that somebody listens to it on Spotify or right. YouTube. Or right. Interesting. Whatever. And, um, so, so is that going to be, well, that's a good question because with the technology, there's probably a lot of folks who are putting out material, but could not play live because they don't really have, I don't want to say they don't have talent, but they don't, they don't have, they don't have the chops. They don't have traditional musical talent, Like you can create with something like, uh, even, um, uh, not iTunes, but uh, oh, well, there's all these softwares. Uh, GarageBand, 
yeah. you know, GarageBand or a more sophisticated version, you can create some really amazing music because all the tracks are there and, and, and the samplings and you can take, and I've, I've downloaded some of that stuff and some of it's amazing, right? Like people have created these amazing libraries of, uh, their digitized sounds from real instruments, right? There's all this, like, this is a, this kind of snare, you know, boom. And then this is like this Tom, you know, boom, boom. And so you can take all of that and here's a fill and, and, but if you took that song or that album and say, well, now come and play it at Joey's, you know, steak and pizza place. What are they going to do? Put on their, bring their computer and play the, play the song. Are we recording? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right. And why would someone go out and listen to that? You're like, I just stay at home and listen to it digitally because you're just performing it digitally. Well, I think I think there's a couple of things and, and it's not just isolated to music because we're seeing it all over the place. Right. The tools available to produce high quality music, high quality photos, high quality movies, any of that kind of entertainment just become way easier way sure. more accessible yeah um on one hand that's awesome on one hand that's awesome but then creative the, stuff from people and who, the same thing with consuming it's way easier to consume music yeah um you can download photos you can uh, but the monetization part of that thing is kind of evaporated disappeared become really problematic sure and um and and so the the whole issue is uh i mean it's like uh you talk about streams. Um, I have no idea how TikTok monetizes all the songs. Like one of the big thing about TikTok is you watch a, you watch a video and you can add music to it. You can go on Instagram. You can add music to it. Your favorite band or whatever you can oh, add music to so it. So how? Yeah. Uh, how is that monetization tying in? Is that a number of streams? My uh, right, and does the band get anything from that? Well, I think they do. I okay. think, but it, but it might not. It might be like pennies a stream or or yeah. Well, that's pretty. Penny yeah, stream. that's pretty untypical uh, of what they're paying. But like, right? um, like, uh, like what we were talking about, like uh, my wife's current favorite band, which is Sleep Token. Okay, has uh, five. It's it's one of these heavy uh heavy metal bands that kind of does uh i, I don't know where they wear masks oh yeah okay they wear masks okay it's, it's kind of all the mystique associated. Okay. um so like that's similar to ghost what ghost do ghost or uh slipknot doesn't slipknot do the same? i don't know what slipknot i think slipknot yeah. does the same yeah so the but the idea is that uh so but sleep token has basically a drummer yeah and then the guy his his name his name is vessel we don't actually know his real name sure some people know his real name but the uh but um vessel and then there's uh i can't remember when maybe he's number two all the band band guys are numbered one two like two three yeah four, yeah that's five. very interesting okay, okay. now yeah. yeah but on the records it's yeah. only vessel and two who's the okay. drummer yeah they're the only ones that play yeah so Vessel does all the lyrics. So this all is the, very all the yeah. all the instruments, and then yeah. when they tour, that's when they get three, four, and five. Right. So this is very similar to Ghost because Ghost Tobias is the lead singer, who creates these uh, characters, yep. right? That he sings as, right? It's all Ghost is phenomenal because they're they're it's very iconic imagery of, no, of is Christianity. It rock or is it more oh no, it's it's rock. No, it's heavy. It's it's heavy or is rock. It heavy metal. Right. Well. Funny because they're from Sweden. There's a, some of their songs have almost like an ABBA esque, like it's really <laughs> well like structured music. But like he plays, you know, Papa Emeritus. There, there are all these popes that he plays. And then he was cardinal. I can't remember the name, but and then he became the latest incarnation became the new the new pope, right? And so this uh, is uh, this and is all the musicians wear masks, and they're uh, I can't remember if they're ghouls or demons, right? So of course the thing is, if you want to replace a guitarist, you just replace then it's like, wow, we just get a new guy, and you know, well, this is they're this just is, faceless. This I think they're called the faceless ghouls or something. Okay, right? well, this is very similar yeah. in in some respects to Sleep Token. So anyway, mm -hmm. it's uh, um, but really good music. Like the music, the music musicianship is quite awesome. Yeah, same thing with right? Sleep Token. Yeah. So it's uh, and it's I have uh, to check them out. It's uh, but it the the whole thing is is uh. 
is that it has never been easier to produce music. Right. But it's probably a lot harder to get that initial monetization. Sure. Although, I mean, it's easy to give your stuff away for free. Right. So maybe that's become, maybe it's just following the, the, the standard laws of economics, supply and demand. Right. The more people you 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 incentivize or equip to create content, the less the content has value, unless it it's that really really you know phenomenal stuff that sticks out. Well, I think what it boils down to, so like with photography in particular, um, way back, used to be a huge barrier to entry. If right. Cameras were expensive. You needed film. You needed yeah. technical expertise. Huge barrier to entry. Yep. And then over time, uh, there's been kind of this democratization of of image creation. Right. Where it has become way more accessible, way easier to produce okay images. Sure. Uh, like with your cell phone. Right. And um, so, so it has devalued that quite a bit. Yep. Same thing with music. It used to be you needed the instrument. You needed... Well, you needed to be accomplished as well, right? You need to have played for a while, know how to, you know, and then then actually, you know, play in front of people and get recorded. And now to record is trivial. Uh, And then, uh, and and now you can not just play the guitar, you can use that to play like all these other instruments because you use GarageBand or whatever, drum machine. All this stuff becomes, the barrier to entry becomes... Much so why different. is okay so why is somebody like taylor swift so popular because musically i mean she's just written some really good stuff but if you really stack it up against like a katy perry or you know like i can't say that it's like oh man it's a musical genius right i think it's because of the, the the personality factor and i think people still crave that the connection to the artist, the the live experience. Well, you're right? going to create all kinds of problems for our podcast if you start dissing Swift. No, no, I I <laughs> I, I give her immense kudos. She's probably, done really probably know well. a little bit more about her personal life than I need to. Well, she started as a country music. Singer, I know, and now right? and now she's no, no. I I I like I like her stuff. Phenomenally talented. Um, what I'm suggesting is perhaps if she was only a recording artist. I don't know if she'd be as popular as she's become more of a personality and the tour, right? Yeah. Like people are, are, and her and Travis you know, Kelce. Uh, yeah. No. Or is it Kelsey Kelce? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, why do I know this? <laughs> because it's been big news. Oh, let's go back to something I learned that I wish I had learned. Apparently Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith have been divorced well, they've been separated in her mind since 2018. Yeah, so 2016. Yeah. Oh, was it 2016? Yeah, 2016. Okay. So I was just watching a YouTube video, psychologist questioning what is wrong with this person and uh, poor Will Smith. And I, do you know who Anna Navarro is? Uh, the name is familiar. But yeah, I- so she is a. Uh, she used to be. I don't know if she was on Fox. But she's a, like a media personality, uh, very feisty uh, Latina lady. She's she's on The View now. I think last week she was questioning, why does she know more about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's marriage than her own? (laughs) You know, like what is the value of knowing about this? So, um, yeah, cult personality, right? Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's, uh, I, I do think that personalities are a big part of it and well, general popularity. I mean, like if you can catch yeah. that lightning well, and, and Taylor Swift has, she writes her own stuff. I mean, and that's how she started. Yeah. I love what she did where she basically stuck it to that record company, right? By where remastering, remastering all of her stuff. And it's like, I, I reclaim ownership of it. Brilliant. Right. Well, apparently that, uh. I was listening to another artist that said that if you see any artist that is remastering their own stuff, it is for them reclaiming it because they have lost. Apparently it's quite common for artists when they start to sign away a lot of the rights to their libraries. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I can't remember which, which band or artist I was uh, listening to, uh, some information about. And, uh, um they had done that so this whole remastering thing that that taylor swift just did is is uh is a clue 
Well, that, and that's a sad phenomenon as well, right? Is uh, and I don't know how long that's been a thing. You know, back in the day with the Beatles catalog got bought by Michael Jackson, he sort of bought it out from Paul McCartney. Um, but there's artists now are talking about selling their catalog. I can't remember if it was. Uh, I think Billy Joel said he wouldn't sell it, but there are people who are selling their catalog for like you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I think then Springsteen, I think, just sold his catalog. Well, there's a whole bunch. And of it's like, ah, I mean, it's a big payout at the end of your career. But now you're going to see like, you know, born in the USA tampons. It's like, oh, man, like just totally like, come on. Right. Well, this is the thing, right? Like, now, again, if I was in that position and you're, they're waving, you know, $700 million or whatever it is under your nose and saying, we'll sell you, buy your catalog. Maybe I'd be tempted, but it just seems like it's another one of these well, devaluing of. Well, there was. You know, uh, like any, would Beethoven any, have sold his catalog? Any Leibowitz is a photographer. Right. She used her catalog as collateral for a mortgage. Yeah. And then she ended up not being able to pay the mortgage. Oh, no. And she lost control of her own catalog. Yeah, of, see, that's of, that's um, terrible. Right. Uh, Annie Leibowitz is quite famous for doing right. portraits of very famous, famous yes, actors. Yes, yeah, she actors. does some phenomenal stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, so that's... I'd like to see a... I wouldn't like to see it, but... Eventually, we'll probably see an artist like destroy their own work. So rather than let it be corporatist, I'm going to just burn it. Well, so going back to the thing about Maniskin. So the thing about Maniskin is that they don't really... So they're rock and roll. They're definitely... That's what they sound like. They are a rock and roll band. They have done really well, mostly in Europe. They haven't... Re it hasn't really translated as much in okay. the U.S., although... Although they're getting streaming, yeah, yeah. And, so they might, and they're incredibly popular. They're Italian, and they, they. I'm gonna have to check it out. And, um, but, uh, but they don't bring the baggage associated or the knowledge or understanding of where rock and roll came from. They just they've got some albums. They all dropped out of high school, yeah, to, to pursue this. So, uh, you know, they really needed to succeed on a bunch of levels. Apparently, they're great performers um yeah so it's it's gonna we'll see where so it that goes. would be so here would be an interesting I mean, take young. if you were a band you say you know what we don't have songs all we do is perform live and we just make it up <laughs> you know so every like if you want to come and hear us like every performance is unique mm -hmm. we don't we don't we don't record anything you just it's all live you come and uh you who knows what the hell you're gonna get because we're just gonna plan it out well, and as we go, that would be something, right? Well, if you listen to, um, so we talked about Dave Matthews and yeah, and uh, I recently talked about Goose. Both of those bands, primarily, they do live performances that are quite different from their from right, their, from sure. Like this, they they're longer. They're live performance bands. Yeah, and uh, Dave Matthews in particular is quite well known for how skilled they are as a band how tight they are yeah. and how accomplished i mean he has about 220 ish songs and every show is different um i think the longest they've ever done one particular song that on the record might be like three or four minutes was about half an hour wow right so they just jam See, that's brilliant and they, yeah. they do this stuff. so that's almost that 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 is uh reminiscent of what jazz acts used yeah, to do, right? Exactly. Used to go to jazz clubs in Seattle and Montreal and big artists. And it's, and then in fact, you know, uh, what was it? Holger Peterson, I think it was on CBC had the jazz and every recording back in the day was a live performance. Right. That was a unique event. Now they recorded it. Right. But they'd be like, this is uh, you know, they call it live to tape. Yeah. Skinny Pete uh, playing. And then it's like, this guy was on the drums and this guy was on, and it's just this one time, they happen to capture it, but it's like, wow. Right. Yeah, and exactly. they're playing some old standard, but like you said, they never go on like for 18 minutes because they're all improvising and it's yeah. never been played before. And that to me, maybe that will become resurgent, right? Maybe bands will be like, this is what the album was like, but now come and see us live. We're going to do a whole, like a take on it and we'll throw in some variations and maybe play some covers or, you know, who knows. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, times are changing. Yeah, 
the times they are changing. I'm thinking of going to see Kiss. For, that would be my third time. Oh, really? They're coming in November. This is the okay. Now we're serious. We're really retiring tour. Are they going to come out in walkers <laughs> and wheelchairs? Well, Gene Simmons did. There was an incident. I think it might have been in Japan, where he sort of collapsed on stage. He had to sort of sit like he fell back sitting, and then they stopped the show, and they sort of carried him off. And and I don't know. I think I don't know what he came back, so he was okay. But uh, I mean, these guys are in their seventies, right? I know. <laughs> well, Bruce Springsteen, how old is he? He's in. He's, he's in his, easily in his seventies. Oh yeah, these guys are all in. Uh, Billy Joel's got to be in his. Set. Well, Billy Joel's a different. Well, no, he still does live shows at the piano. Ellen John just retired. The Stones are still Did touring. He retire? Yeah. Well, he's on his retirement tour. He's done. Yeah. But no, I, when this is done, he may have actually played his last show. So when he's done, he's done now. Right? Well, for now. Yes. Bruce Springsteen, 74. Yeah. I mean, 74. Yeah. Is the new 64. <laughs> Or maybe it's the new 54. So is that the slow go or the no go or the, yeah, I don't know. Go. Yeah. Hey, I mean, look at the Rolling Stones. Charlie Watts was 80, 80. He died. So the ultimate retirement, but you look at, uh, you know, Mick Jagger's, she's got to be close to 80. Yeah. Well, so, and I think they just, released and you know, that. as long as you can still, to me, I, I age doesn't matter, right? Like as long as you're still creative and you've got it, I said, you know, that's awesome. I mean, it's a little bit sadder when you see, like, <laughs> there was a tour. I mean, they still got the chops, but but um, I think it was uh, Loverboy, um, REO Speedwagon, <laughs> oh, yeah. and oh, there was a third band. It wasn't Journey, because they're coming on their own. I was going to go see them, but Steve Perry is not touring with them. It's some other vocalist, so I'm less interested. If Steve Perry was touring i'd be like let's go see journey but it was reo lover boy and was it sticks it might have been sticks uh now sticks i've seen live when it was quite a few years ago but with, with larry gowan they still they still have it now larry gowan he's uh he's gowan isn't he? well he used to be gowan now he's larry gowan of sticks <laughs> okay they do a couple of his, they, they do criminal mind and a couple of his songs okay. he he stepped in phenomenal he's been man he's been, been with them for 20 over 20 years now as their new lead guy. But, uh, but anyways, Mike Reno probably weighs 300 pounds. <laughs> like I saw a video of it, lover boy. And it's like, Oh my God. Now again, maybe it's I, lover boys. Cause there's uh, they've gotten a little bit. Don't want to look, we all put on some weight and I don't know how old Mike Reno is. He's probably in his sixties, but compared to some other, I, it was just, it was visually shocking so to so, see like so, holy smoke because he used to be you know i mean part of his thing was the hot red pants and right in the 80s was well mick jagger is mike rigo right mike Keith woods is 79 and yeah. ronnie wood is 76 so yeah. they're all they should be in the no-go <laughs> only 76 yeah so they were quite a bit younger than the beatles then um, well, how old is Paul McCartney? Well, Paul McCartney's got to be 80. So John was born in 1940. So if he would, if he had lived, he would be 83. And I think Paul was a little bit younger. Ringo's the oldest. George was younger because he was 17 when, I think when John was 21. This is all Googleable. George. Mike, Mike Reno is seven, uh, 68. Okay. 68. 68. Kilos, and, uh, no more than that. <laughs> no, actually, a lot more than that. Sixty-eight stone, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I know George was significantly younger because there's a whole thing when they were traveling uh, early in Hamburg, right? He 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 was in trouble because he sort of snuck into Germany underage. Yeah, and the other guys were over twenty, and he was like seventeen or something. Well, but. Paul McCartney is eighty-one. Eighty-one, yeah. There you go. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And George, uh, John would be 83 because he's born in 1940. He would have been. Yeah, he was born in 40. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, George Harrison was born in 43. Ringo Starr, who's still alive, is born in 40. So he is. Uh, okay. So him and John. Were the same age. He's yeah. 83. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't that? And he still looks good. Yeah. Michael Caine just re- re- retired from acting. He's he turned ninety. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the yeah. the problem is all these. Icons. And Shatner is like ninety one, but he's not retiring anytime, so he's still <laughs> carrying on. And I don't know if he's acting anymore. But... I don't think he's acting anymore. He's just going into space. Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, if the right role came along, oh, he's ninety two. Ninety two. I William Shatner would would act again if if someone came to him with the right role. Like they keep and, talking and the about right money. Keep talking about <laughs> figuring out a way to bring back Captain Kirk, because you saw in season three of of uh, Picard they found Kirk's corpse. There is is, yeah. is in the Daystrom in Daystrom Institute. Daystrom Institute, right? So they're like, eh, can we bring Shatner back? Um, he'd do it. He'd do it in a heartbeat. If it was the right role, he'd do it. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. So I mean. Not really Bernard, any conclusion. We're talking about Chatter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, let's wrap it up. What uh what media have you been consuming? I watched the end of Ahsoka. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed in how it ended. It seemed a little bit you know, it's interesting um... because so you remember how I, I talked about uh, uh Ahsoka and Rebels. Yes. I've started watching Rebels. I watched a couple episodes of Rebels and I, I'm liking it. I'll tell you that as soon as you fin, so I just finished the whole thing, and there's like six seasons or something. No, four seasons. Okay, but each season is like twenty something. Yeah, it's old old school. Except for season four. Yeah, season four is uh, fifteen or sixteen episodes. I watched it last night, so I saw the final end of it, and it explains so much of Ahsoka. Like, nice. oh my God, does it ever explain Ahsoka in a way that is profound? Okay. And all of a sudden you're going like, because, I mean, I watched Ahsoka and I'm going like, who is who is this person? Who is right. that person? And it's all relevant. Yeah, why are we so excited about Ezra Bridger? Like, what's the big yes, deal? Yes, exactly. He, he went away and we all miss him. All yeah. Right. Okay. And Thrawn. Yeah. And well, I knew about Grand Honor Thrawn because he, he, he appeared in some novels way back. So he's been, yes. And, but there is yeah. quite a significant, he is a significant presence in season three and four yeah. of rebels. Sure. And, uh, and the world between worlds where Ahsoka was. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah uh, there, Anakin yeah. and yeah. And how, uh, yeah. Ahsoka appears and when she appears. And if you know that. about it, like so these YouTubers are all picking up these subtleties, right? Yeah. Where they're like, when Thrawn says something about Ahsoka's master was uh, General Skywalker. Yeah. They're like, oh, he pauses and he looks worried because, and then he says, is she alone? Because he's wondering, is Luke Skywalker? It's just like, oh, but so if you don't, if you're not deeply into the lore, you don't know that. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly enough, I, I, I just, I did hear, and I know we're going to carry on for a minute here too, that apparently Marvel is totally... Uh, well, I guess it would be Disney, but Marvel's totally rejigging their shows. They've canceled, uh, for now, Some of Dare, the TV Daredevil, shows. right? Apparently, well, I they, think they're re, they're, they're, they haven't, they've canceled, well, they the haven't version. canceled, they're yes, gonna reshoot, reshoot, right? A lot of it and yeah. do a different storyline. But I found out that part of the problem, I guess they're shifting their, their, their approach is they were doing TV shows like movies, they didn't have showrunners, yeah, right. Um, and, and it kind of, it kind of showed, it showed right? yeah. So now they're going to try to go to, they're going to do a pilot. They're going to have a, a, a cannon, right. For these shows. So they're going to do it more traditionally, you know, like they've been doing with star Trek and, and all these other, like uh, you name it, I think more, about more successful. Yeah. Uh, so you have a showrunner who has the consistent vision throughout because they were, they were choppy. Um, so hopefully that'll make better shows. And, um, yeah, because a few of them have been yeah, like secret invasion, man. But Loki. Loki is, is really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Loki. Yes. I think the thing, what I understand with Marvel is the TV shows were kind of intended to come out in a lot more volume to fill out, um, the uh the disney plus streaming well, platform and this it was, is what i've heard it, too is that both star quality. wars and marvel were under a lot of pressure from head office to produce right because we've created this streaming service now and mm-hmm. and 
we got nothing to put on it. So yeah, corporatism. I told you it, it leads to crappy art. <laughs> exactly. Great widgets, but not good art. No. So anyway, the, 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 the long and the short of it is, uh, uh, I think Ahsoka suffers from, there's so much history in yeah. the rebels timeline that well and some from clone wars as well and well but it it but it but really from rebels yeah like uh, clone wars rebels builds on clone wars right and so there's all of this lore like there is a there is an image on the background of yes. the first episode yeah and you're going like who are these people right and it is from the last episode of rebels right and it is like, and then you, you know exactly who all these people are. And even in the Mandalorian, there is a, an episode where he goes into a bar. Oh yeah. And there's meets, that, uh, that, that sort of, what the hell is the guy's name? Zaf? Zeb. 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 Yeah, right. Zeb. Zeb is like in every single episode of Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. And um, a cameo. Yeah. And he shows up in a cameo and it, the same voice and same everything. That's right. And, the, and it's just like, without any real explanation. It's sure. Kind of, bit of fan service but um it's a bit surprising he didn't show up at really at all in um i'm surprised he didn't show up at all in ahsoka but um because it's tied in like this is i mean Sindula. well they're talking about perhaps well the season two of ahsoka now is maybe four years out and this is part of the problem right because big big because uh, they haven't started filming even mandalorian season four so now they're wondering, will they meld Ahsoka into season four of... Well, of, originally um, it was only supposed to be a limited series. It was only supposed to be the six for, yeah. or six or eight for, yeah. uh, for Ahsoka. But they left it way too but, open-ended. And then they, they yeah, they kind of filling it in. And, uh, and it, I mean, there's so much integration in The Mandalorian, like... Rebels explains yeah. a bunch of stuff. I heard Don Cheadle's going to take over from uh, Ray Stevenson. Really? No. <laughs> He'll just say, deal with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I'm like, here now. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> when he took over for, uh, as Rhodey. Rhodey. What was the name of the guy? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. In the first. Face. Yeah. In the first uh, Iron Man. That guy had all kinds of issues. Yeah, well, he was pretty unhappy with. I guess the, he was worried. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, I'll find it. Yeah, well, because for Iron Man two, they basically he claims, and I suppose this is possible, that they cut his salary so they could pay Robert Downey Jr. more to come back for the second Iron Man. Yeah, but let's face it. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Nobody was going to go see Iron Man two because of Terrence because Howard. Terrence Howard is you know Terrence Howard is playing Rhodey. Who cares, right? <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> like, who like, does care because they replaced him and nobody yeah. and no, they didn't miss a beat. No, exactly. And, Whereas uh, if Robert Downey Jr. was like, "You're not paying me enough," that would have been like no Iron Man two. But right? he's had so. some controversy about sexual. Uh, oh, really? Uh, Improprietary. Uh, impropri I can't pronounce it. Impropriety. Impropriety. No, yeah. that's not. Imp anyway. He's done some bad he does stuff. Some bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Reportedly. Reportedly, yeah. yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Ab abuse and harassment. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Anyways. Okay, so let's end it on there. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I got one more episode uh, of the original run of Justified. Is it good? Season six, episode 13. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, the series is phenomenal. It's coming to a hell of a, a conclusion. But uh, yeah, so I got one more episode. So I'm excited about that. And then uh, kind of waiting for Reacher season two. I'm excited about that. Should be out here fairly quickly. So I guess I'll have to fill in the blanks with Star Wars Rebels and other things. <laughs> uh, well, I finished Rebels. So now I've got to watch something else. Yeah. You watched the Bad Batch? Uh, I've watched all of the Bad Batch. Oh, I okay. I haven't watched that. Yeah. It, it, Bad Batch doesn't tie in as well. As no, it's to, sort of a standalone. Yeah. It? It, it's interesting. It's entertaining. Yeah. But it's uh, Rebels definitely. Um, I am impressed with, you know, it's kind of this. I always watch the Clone Wars and I'm like, it's kind of like, like a cartoon. But... Uh, but with the uh, rebels, it really does advance the uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like a grown-up anyway, story. Anyways, let's okay. wrap it up. Sounds good, See man. See you next week. You betcha. Take care. Bye. Goodbye.